Welcome back to the Discovering Forestry podcast. I'm one of your hosts, Corey Lofi, alongside our friend, Joe Aitken. Joe, what's happening? I am uh, enjoying the fall harvest. <laughs> you know, uh, I know we've been talking about coming on and, you know, everything's good. It's my favorite time of the year and I'm excited to talk about what we're going to talk about tonight, the fall equinox and what's going on in the industry as... Uh, Things start to change. Um, I think what's kind of cool because I decided of my beverage of choice tonight is wine, which is harvesting the grapes at this time of the year. So that's what I want to talk about tonight, Corey. What's going on? The fun fall facts. What's happening to our tree buddies? What's going on in the industry? Um, I, I just, I, you know what, pumpkin picking and uh everything hay rides you know it's it's time it's let's talk oh yeah oktoberfest beers is it is it any coincidence that the leaves change and everybody's so enamored by it we have oktoberfest beer and football starts how much better could life be you know um i you know laura my wife and i are probably more college football fans than we are NFL fans, but yes, tailgates, um, football games, the, the, the cool air, the short days. Um, I, it's just amazing time of the year. And, um, I get excited because I kind of get rejuvenated. So I don't know if there's something with the fall equinox, <clears throat> You know, there's a lot of science on. I wish we should we should have had Autumn back on to talk about the phases in the moon and um, how that affects not only our environment but how it affects us also. So I get excited this time of the year. It's kind of I'm not a big summer fan, man, um, but I love this time of the year. Well, I do too. And I know one of the most common questions that we get this time of the year from people, maybe outside of the tree industry, it's why do leaves actually change colors? And in, in preparation for tonight's conversation, I actually had posed that question to a, a couple other tree pros and got a wide variety of answers as to why leaves change colors do you think you know what i i kind of did the same and um i think it's one of those things that we're enamored with we just see it happen um and as an arborist I, how often do you remember you know you could go back to ninth grade science class um and i know there's a lot more scientific things and that's you know, we're going to nerd out later about what's going on but is it just one of those things we just kind of forget because we're just so busy working? You know, you and I have this forum on the podcast so we can sit back and discuss it. But how, you know, we sit there, all right, you know, like me, I'll go, I'll, I'll be up north this weekend. I'll sit in my bow stand. It's supposed to be 50, 60 degrees, clear, leaves are changing. And I'll just sit there and watch these beautiful red maple leaves drop. And, it's, and then you watch a deer walk by and, it's just so mystical that, you know, half the time I'll even pick my bow up this early in the season. It's just great to be out there. But there's a lot of other things happening 
before we can talk about the, the physiological processes within a tree. So let's kind of start right there. And I kind of threw the fall equinox term out there a few times to see if our listeners caught it. So we know there's four seasons. And we hit on September 22nd, which was last week. We in the Northern Hemisphere, we hit the fall equinox. And what's amazing, what amazing is the term equinox means equal light and dark. So what happens is that's that hump to where now you have equal parts of light and equal parts of darkness. So it's supposed to be like 12 hours each. That's the fall equinox. So what happens is now, and this will lead us right into what's happening with the trees, is the days are getting shorter. So there's a lot of misconception on what triggers fall change. So let's start right there. The days are getting shorter. I'm so glad that you brought that up with a number of the people I was talking to, only one or two actually referenced the length of the day being a factor in what's triggering the tropism that's triggering the change in leaf color. A lot of, a lot of other, you know, there's some theories out there, but this is one that I've, I've also, I'm on board with you on for sure. Well, you know what, but you got to realize, now we talk about, you know, we have international listeners. <laughs> so we're talking about the fall, <coughs> the fall equinox in the Northern Hemisphere, because the fall equinox in the Southern Hemisphere is March. So we have to realize that, that they still have fall, but because, um, now let's go back to science, that our Earth is on an axis. So do you remember what degree axis we're on? I want to say 23, but I really don't know, Joe. What do we got? 23.4. So great. Oh. You nailed it. <laughs> so what's happening in the Northern Hemisphere is that um, the reduction in daylight, because we're no longer getting the, um, the solar energy from the sun, the days are cooling off. So I think that's why it may trigger someone's thought process because it's getting colder. And in mm -hmm. fact, mm -hmm. I think getting colder is just the adverse effect of us spinning around on that 23rd degree axis getting farther away from the sun. So as we get over there, then our days shorten, our days shorten. We don't longer have the solar energy all day long. The nights are getting cooler. Boom, now all this good stuff starting to happen. That's it. It it takes it takes a lot of things. And I think as humans, the easier thing for us to notice instead of our, our days shrinking by you know two or three minutes of, of daylight every day from basically from June 21st until last week, um, or actually until December 21st. But anyhow, I think I think one of the more obvious things for people is when they're witnessing the temperature changes they're waking up and maybe maybe there's a little frost on the windshield or maybe they're maybe they're putting frost. an extra yeah something's going on so so i think it could be a couple things coming together but certainly uh, the the change in the season the change in the 
in the amount of photo opportunity that these plants have is playing a big factor in what's contributing to this, this fall color. Yeah. So you can say potato, potato. So now right. that, you know, we know which, which direction we're going, the days are getting shorter. You know, I noticed that because I get up, um, because when I'm in town, I get the boys up in the morning so Laura can go to work early. So the other day, you know, I, you know, generally I'm laying there in bed and I'm looking out the window and watching the sun come up because then I know at a certain period, I know what time it is. The other day, man, I slept in like a whole 45 minutes extra. And I look at my, my alarm clock and I'm like, holy crap, I'm usually up with the boys by now. So that is spring into action because it was later. It was darker. Um, we had a soccer game last night. Seven o'clock, it's cooling off and the sun's going behind, it's going down. So the, the, the daylight and the temperature is rapidly changing. And again, coming home um, from one of my distributors, I started, because I knew we were going to discuss this tonight. So I started, I guess, I guess more than usual, looking at the trees as I, drew, as I went by them. And my God, the sumac is already bright red um maples are turning uh everything's turning so everybody says they're turning color now we know that's not what's happening so let's let's get into what's going on really with inside these trees absolutely so when people are noticing the changing in color going on from my from my perspective you could think about the tree knowing that the days are getting shorter. There's less sun. The trees in northern, uh, the northern states, the northern hemisphere where we're at, they know they've got to start pulling in some of those nutrients that are hard to mine from the soil. And it's not, it's not all, all the nutrients in the leaf, but some of the nutrients, you know, some of the nitrogen and the phosphorus and that chlorophyll starts to break down. And this is kind of what's happening right now. But Joe, I, I know where you're going to go, and I really want I really want to go there next. So, all right. So we talk about changing color. It, what's what's a, what's a phenomenon is that the trees aren't changing color. They're not. They're actually the true color. And you nailed it on the head there, Corey. Is that as the days get shorter, um, temperatures get there's a there's tropisms there's signals that the tree's responding to that, all right, it's time to shut down. It's time to shed. And, and what's amazing with the tree is it sheds these leaves because within the leaves, there's vacuoles that are uh, very similar to their hest. When, when energy is expelled, there's always a byproduct. They're stored in the vacuoles. So there's a reason. And the tree knows that it's going to get harsh. So it knows it has to slow down, shut down a few processes, within itself to protect itself over winter. So it, it, what you said now is like, uh oh, all right, let's store, start storing sugars. Let's start moving stuff around. Um, not only is there a change in the appearance of the leaf color, there's a, there's a bigger flow from the canopy to the root soil now too. And we could talk about that in a minute. So what happens when the days and the, uh, it gets shorter is that the tree stops producing chlorophyll. So uh, technically they produce this daily through the spring, summer, and into now it's always producing it because it, it burns it up as it's producing. It's, 
it's burnt up as fast as they can produce it. And that's what causes the leaf to be green is chlorophyll. What's that? What's that Adam Sandler? Chlorophyll, man. How about borophyll, man? More like borophyll. Yeah. But, um, but, but you're right. Chlor, chlorophyll is the green part of the leaf. That's what people see. But Joe, what, what, what's actually happening when, when we're seeing the leaf change? The, the color that is appearing to the spectator is that the leaf is, is changed color. The leaf turns yellow. But really, uh, yellow was there the whole time. Just couldn't see it. Just couldn't see it. You know, and there's different pigments. There's two major pigments um, that are in there at all times. And certain trees are prone to certain colors. And there's, there's the two, the two main, well, there's chlorophyll A and there's chlorophyll B. So there's two types of chlorophyll in a plant. Again, blues and the greens and depending on the hue of the plant during growth. But once that stops producing, the other um, compounds that produce these, the carotenoids and the anthocyanins, which are responsible for reds and oranges, um, the carotenoids and the oranges and the yellows. I think I got that right somewhere in there. Yeah. No, you, you're, you're on. You're on. Yeah. So those are the true colors of the leaves. Now that's starting to show because there's no more green. So that's what happened. It's not changing color. It's stopping to produce green. And you're seeing the true color of the plant, which is, it's, it's, pretty, it's pretty amazing. And uh, go ahead, Corey. Yeah. And pe people really take in this. Uh, some of the photos that are shown every morning on the news, at least, at least in Colorado, everybody's got a different photo because people are getting outside and they're really appreciating. But where I'd like to go next with this, Joe, is so the plant's pulling in nutrients. It's, it's halting the production of chlorophyll. Some of these pigments uh, are, starting to, are starting to show through. Some of these anthocyanins are starting to show through. But that leaf drops. Now, why does the leaf drop? Um, there's a, you know, right, it's a very, it's a neat thing what happens. Again, we have to cast it off because it's a delicate part of the plant. The plant knows that winter is coming. And again, during some of the respiration as we grow and we use uh, energy within a plant, there's waste material packed in vacuoles. So the tree knows that the leaf cannot withstand winter. Now, it does have a cuticle layer on most deciduous trees, but it's not as thick as an evergreen. Evergreens are um, genetically, through millions of years, withstand the harsh winters, um, and they don't have needle drop where a deciduous tree can't handle that. That foliage is not designed. So it knows it has to get rid of it. So it uses it as long as it can, as possibly can to produce energy. So as soon as it knows that it can't produce anymore, there's a zone called the abscission zone, which is where that petiole attaches to the stem. That will start to harden off. So once that hardens off, once they know that they got every last little bit of production out of that leaf, that'll start to halt, fall off. And after that dries up and the color starts to dry up, the leaves start to change, leaf falls off the tree. It's beautiful walking through the woods on a fall day, all this beautiful red and orange and yellow on the ground. And uh, they're doing exactly what they were designed to do from day one, cycle.
Now it's all on the ground. The leaf drops, um, hits the ground, and in Mother Nature, in the woods, we, we have great foresters on there. We love it. We leave it, and we let it rot. That leaf debris that's going to feed those organisms in the soil that we all really need to have a healthy plant. But to, but to go back to our guest from last week, uh, Kevin Kevin Lewis, who has a turf focus, get him off the lot of that because the grass is still green. You know, so what do they do? Exactly, they pick up every leaf and twig and get it out of the property. It's not that it, and just get rid of it because oh my god, they have a manicured lawn. So it goes back to can leaves, can trees and turf survive together in a roundabout way? Well, yes, and it's they a whole. Can. Yep, yeah, but you're removing part of the nutrient cycling, right? That that you and I and, and all the traditional foresters really, really have a, have a good understanding of is you're removing what is eventually going to feed the microbes in the soil. So well, what did we go back to? What was one of our previous podcasts? There's two major concerns in urban soils, compaction and lack of organic matter. That's it. We just we just connected two stellar dots. It took us a year to get there because we built our way to it. We, um, what, what kind of tropism we say man was again? Human tropism. Human tropism? Know, paleotropism. Paleotropism. Paleo. Yeah, paleotropism. We got involved and we, we picked these leaves up. And as the, what we have to understand is that every year a tree grows with the primary and secondary meristem. It's just, it's, from day one, it's struggling to survive. And as that plant or that tree or that shrub gets bigger, every year it requires more. So that's what's happened. So you plant these beautiful trees and 20, 30 years down the road, you've been ma manipulating the, the cycle by pulling all that out. The soil becomes sterile and the tree starts to design. It goes into Mannion's um, disease spiral and you, you've created predisposing effects on the trees. Uh, which will speed up the decline and open up that of uh, that uh, organism for insects and diseases. So it's pretty right. amazing how we how we whip right around to it, and now something as beautiful as leaf drop. How we with our paleotropism, um, you know, we we're making we're creating an adverse environment in the urban landscape. So. Now that we got there, what do we do? Well, and you and for for you being in in the Midwest, where a lot of these trees are natively growing, they're in the they're in a, a native or a similar soil to what they'd they'd be growing in. They've getting the precip that they need that they would require. Um, you know, I'm kind of looking at it a little bit different this time of year. I'm looking at it and going. These trees aren't native to the Colorado or Utah or Idaho, Montana soils. A lot of them, right? A lot of them in the urban settings. Okay. And, and we're coming up on, on basically two and a half, three months of, of drought. So as much as we're talking about, you know, doing some fall fertilizations and, and some, some aerations and all this, we really out west here need to focus on making sure that even when the leaves are coming off the tree, that we're putting down water lots of it yes i think um even without foliage there are still processes happening within a tree 
Oh, yeah. There's still cellular respiration. There's still growth. Until the soil freezes and they can't, there's not a, a osmosis can't take place. Even without foliage, there's movement within a tree. So just because Absolutely. there's no foliage to create um, um, transpirational pull, there's still cellular division all the time until, the tr until it gets below freezing. So you're absolutely right. Um, hydrating plants, high-value plants in the fall is paramount, especially when you um, are in a situation where you've been struggling drought. Now, a lot of these plants may not see drought stress this year, but they may see drought stress that happened 15 years ago. So you compound that and you pick up all the leaves, you're just adding to the, the paleotropisms that cause death and destruction. And eventually we get to a point where there's nothing we can do. Yeah, no. And it's kind of funny because <laughs> I just, I'm just, I was having a similar conversation. It, this, this gentleman was, was talking about how this was a bumper crop. This year was a bumper crop for, for pine cones on his spruce tree. And he, he, he called it a bumper crop. And in the Midwest, you know, when oaks, and it seems that all, all in one year, all the oaks will have a big flush of acorns and all the maples will have a big flush of samaras. But I, it, it's actually called masting. I believe I'd, I'd have to double check that, but it's called masting. And sometimes it's related to what happened uh, last year or a couple of years ago. But what a lot of these trees do is they'll have these, these masting years or these bumper crop years so that they can put, they can put out way more seed than what the squirrel population can handle at the time. It's, it's fascinating stuff. But anyhow, we, we were talking about that. And apparently this is a big year for, for masting of spruce trees in Denver. It's bad here too. But acorns, everything, everything in the Midwest, and we've had rains this year. Mm. And that question came up to um, Dr. Burt Craig at our fall conference. And one of the guys says, man, it just seems like, God, there's so many pine cones and acorns and sweet gumballs. And, you know, everything's just, he goes, that's it. That's where they were saying that uh, Dr. Burt Craig was saying that it, it could be, this year we had enough water, but the plant senses with tropism, external pressures, that survival of the fittest. Oh, yeah. It's putting out babies, man. I got to survive, and that's what it does. And they have mem right. plants have memories too, Joe, right? Yeah. I mean, they, they know when it was, it, it's been dry for the last two or three years. Hey, if they, can, if they have the carbs and the storage and they can push this out now and beat the local, uh, squirrel population and beat out the other competition in the forest. This is the year. Let's see it. Oh yeah. Yeah. It's going to be, it's amazing. Yeah. It's, it's amazing. Like I said, I, I, one of the first things that caught me in uh, dealing with trees and a living is that, you know, we look at a tree and you look at a human, we got the veins and the arteries, you got the xylem and the phloem. Um, we're heterotrophs, they're autotrophs. Um, but they react to external stimuli like we do without a central nervous system. So it takes longer for them to sense it, but they do sense it and they do grow or produce or shed branches to protect itself. Like mature trees will shed branches. Um, 
protection of themselves. It'll, it'll die itself back to a certain um, stage to protect itself, which is phenomenal. But in the forest, to the ground, everything whittles on it. The chipmunks start, turns it into mulch, goes down to the ground, all the bugs get it, right back to the tree, and they get it back again in a few years. So it's pretty awesome. And nutrient, think, nutrient cycle. And I think we're going to that. So as fall is here, my recommendation, and I know it's hard in certain neighborhoods, is to wait as long as you possibly can to do a fall cleanup. Let some of that break down. Um, if you got to do something with it, blow it into the landscape beds and let it compost. Um, and then the following spring, blow it back out on the lawn, rake it up because it'll be broken down. Those leaves will break down over season. And if you blow it back onto the lawn and then rake it in, you'll never know it was there. And if you do that, instead of bagging it up, putting it on the ground, a curb, um, do that for a couple of years. I swear to God, you'll see the difference in your trees. Here, put on, put on one of those mulching blades on your, on your lawnmower. Yeah, and it mulch the leaves right into the to the the organic layer on the lawn. The the turf needs it too. So as we uh, as we you know because I can you know you and I could just chat about this and kind of be nerds about you know what's going on right now because we love it so much. Um, my recommendation is is just leave it as long as you can, enjoy it, mulch it in, don't bag it and throw it out. Um, obviously, if there's a big branch, you're not going to want to trip over it. You got to buck that up and get rid of that. But let it lay. Enjoy the beauty. I took a picture last year. Some I got a really beautiful red maple in my backyard, and I had this one leaf came down and landed on this this chunk of wood on the ground, and it was such a beautiful picture. So I got a picture of it on my camera, and um, I just you know what? You know what I do in my backyard? is my last cutting with my zero turn. I pitch it around. I actually go the opposite direction and I windrow it to the bottom of the trees. And then I rake it out like a mulch bed underneath all my trees. And by spring, it's gone. It's all broken back down in the soil. And the one maple I've been doing that to, uh, it's probably about a 10 year old tree has surpassed the other trees in the backyard as far as health and growth. So yeah, there's something to it. Yeah, nutrient cycling. You kind of hit the key right on there. And, you know, the tree's shedding for a reason. Don't get rid of it. Hang on to it as long as you can. Yeah. And, you know, kind of on, a, on, a, on another note, we know what's coming. The trees know what's coming. It's about to be winter. Days are going to be short. Nights are going to be cold and long. So, friends, if, if you're out there, now's a great time to just take a walk through the woods like Joe said, take some photos, reflect on it when, when the days are short um, in, another, in another couple months here. So really just try to, try to be present in the moment and also, you know, pass it on. Point out maybe to your kids or to the neighbors that, hey, that ash over there is going to turn yellow after this maple turns red. And then you can have a whole, a whole experiment. And one of the things that, that fall always reminds me of, and kind of one of the reasons that uh, I'm where I am in arboriculture now is because I did a leaf collection when I was just in elementary school. 
<laughs> and the, the property that I grew up on, and I was very fortunate to go back a couple weeks ago, had like 10 or 15 different varieties of trees. And now is a great time as they're falling down to make that leaf collection and then hopefully uh, inspire either your kids or the next generation of arborists. So yeah. it's a good time. It is a great time. And you're absolutely right, Corey. Get out, see it, enjoy it. Um, I think what we're going to have to do is uh, once all the leaves are off the trees and we get kind of stagnant, I think it's time to visit a distillery for a podcast. Now it's time to go. I talked about the grapes harvest. What do you think? You know, we got to, you know, what else do we do with trees and wood? We make barrels. So um, we got some pretty cool podcasts coming up. So listeners, thanks for listening and, you know, and keep following. And um, I can't wait to hit a Detroit distillery or two James distillery and sitting there talking about Oak in Oak barrels and why we use this type of Oak in sample some bourbons for for you, the listeners, of course. Um, Right. Right. Everything's for the listeners. Thanks for tuning in, guys. Thanks. Hey, great topic today. Yes, lots of good information. Yeah, probably one of our best yet. If you enjoyed the podcast or have topics you would like to discuss, please send them to discoveringforestry at gmail.com. And please hit the subscribe button and tell a friend. Thanks, guys, uh, for tuning in. Until next time, I'm Joe. And I'm Corey. Signing Signing out. out.